Welcome to Wisdom Personified, Conversations with Dudum Somi, a passionate and relentless pursuit of exploring how individuals use good judgment in everyday life, both in their personal and professional lives. I am so happy you are joining us again. I'm sure you are enjoying our series, Wisdom Personified, Conversations with Dudum Somi. And if you are enjoying it as much as I think you are, please encourage more people to subscribe. Today, I am so excited. I'm talking to somebody I admire very much. I call her Sis Makosi. <laughs> it's Makosi Mtiane. She's the CEO of Inka Peli Security. I had a problem saying that name at some point. I have improved. Sis Makosi, Injani. Yes, you do. I'm well, thanks to you. Thank you so much for making the time. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. We met a few years ago and you made an impact, but I didn't think I will see you again until you made contact with me again. So thank you very much for making contact. But I mean, we've mainly interacted in a workspace, in a business space. Uh, can I just talk to you briefly just about your personal life? Where were you born? Do you have siblings? I was born in a small town called Mpangeni, um, closer to Richards Bay, to my mother, Kanyisile Mukwanazi, and father, um, Mr. Chere. I like calling him like that. <laughs> and yeah, I do have siblings. Actually, we are, there's seven of us. Wow. I have two younger brothers. <laughs> I have two younger brothers and four sisters. And what did you do when you were young? What were your pastimes? How did you keep yourself occupied? From the moment I became aware of myself, I think around at the age of seven to 11, I had no responsibilities whatsoever. What I remember, I grew up in, the, in a very rural setting. And what comes to mind when I think of my childhood is the freedom we had. We roamed around the fields playing. I played, if there's anything I did as a child, was playing outside. It was like going to work. We would like meet with children from the neighborhood. And then we will go sometimes, we will return around three at home, having eaten wild fruits as wow. our lunch. Wow. And our parents were never worried about anything because those times there weren't all this that we worry about now. There was that. And then from around, I think, from 12 up to until I was a teenager, I read a lot. There wasn't um, anyone literate as an adult in our house and no one working. So there were no books and there were no newspapers I would have access to. So the only books I'll read, it was at school. And then at home, there were, there will be newspapers stuck into uh, thorny bushes and I will carefully lift them up so that I could read later. And my mom used to call me a crazy one because of that. Wow. 
So your hunger to improve yourself has really been a journey you've been on since you were young. Uh, what vision did you have for your life? Um, and especially when you got to about 18, are you living the life that you wanted? At 18, I had no vision whatsoever. Uh, the reason being in that year, it is the year where I gave birth to my first child, my daughter. I was engaged to be married at that time. And by the standards of that time and the society that I was in, I had reached my ceiling because wow. that was the ultimate for young women. So the fact that I was engaged and was looking forward to get married to my future husband and was expecting a child, that was it. Um, until two years into my marriage, because I married at 20, two years into my marriage, I became restless. I started asking myself, is it all there is in life? And for me, it was not. I missed learning and I started uh, pestering my husband at that time to say, I want to go back to school. And I said to him, um, I worry, I've got two children and I've, I've got grade, they call it grade eight now, but it was standard six at that time. And I said to him, what will happen if you were to die and leave me with these two children? I want to go back to school. And, and it was unheard of in the community. And he was like, nobody has ever done that. And it's against the culture and everything. And I wow. said to him, it's not about anybody else. Uh, when you propose to me, my father has given me a second chance to go back to school because I'm a two times a high school dropout. So I passed back to him until at the age of 22, I went against all society norms and standards and challenged the stereotypes about women and went back to high school physically to wow. do my grade nine. So yeah, I gave him a hard time and I really worked to get my high school, um, my high school, uh, to graduate high school. I graduated from high school at the age of 22 having really fought for that whenever there was a conversation of, no, you cannot continue to study. I'll be like, I'd rather go, I'd rather leave. I need this. I know that it will work uh, for my children. So thank God I got a bursary because I passed so well with metric exemption. And I then graduated with my first degree at 30. Wow. What a story. You know, this is part of the reason why I wanted to have this conversation because there was a time when we were in between doing the strategy session uh, uh, and you kind of shared a bit and I thought, wow, okay, this is a story I must follow up on. Uh, yeah. You're now the CEO of Ingapeli Security, which is a security solutions company. There are yes. not many women in this space. What keeps you inspired about your business 50, 15 years on? Because you're 15 years, they say you're going to be 16. Yes. 
Uh, actually, we are 16 because we, we, we timed 16 on the 3rd of January this year. It's the people that work for this company and the people that are still to come and work for this company and those that have come and, and, and went to this company. It is the, the ability to give hope, to inspire people to dream for a better life. And what I do as a leader of the business to inspire hope in them, I have um, spoken to them, motivated them, inspired them so many times where I say to them, I understand, because I understand the nature of my business, I, I hire people from um, what is called is the bottom pyramid. It's not the best of the crop, um, and it, 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 there are preconceived ideas regarding the business, both for employers and employees. But having an opportunity to impact them positively and also knowing that I'm in a position to help them take care of their families and further themselves in whatever they dream of. For me, it, it, it goes beyond having a, a successful business, having money. Each time on payday, I have this in my mind where everybody's busy with their families buying groceries, doing this and that. And it's kind of the people who will not necessarily get jobs easily. At some point when things were very rough in the business, I remember that I saw an advert because my first degree is in public administration. I measured in that in political science. So I could easily work in a public um, institution. So it was so bad in that there was an advert that I carried with me for a week, contemplating of applying for that job and saving myself. And then a thought came and said, no, no, my course, it's not about you only. It's about all the people that are employed by this business and the people behind them. So that what keeps me going. Um, it is a rough industry. And um, first year when I started this business, I went to a, there was a seminar. And then the guy there said, I, I hope, that, I want to make an example, and I hope then that there is no one from the East, security industry. And he said, security bosses are so horrible. They exploit poor people and whatnot. whatnot. And I was like, but not me. The way I care about people, I, my first job was in a, not really an NGO, but it was not in a corporate. So I, I saw how we were treated. We will be paid at any day and whatnot. And I, I, I made a vow with myself. The day I become an employer, one, I will not make anybody to feel small. Yeah. I will never take anybody for granted. No matter how little that person ends, to him it is much important 
as much as my salary is to me. Yeah. And that is what has drawn people. Um, our, our, our vision is to be a supplier of choice, but I want to talk about the latter part and be the employer of choice in the industry. We have achieved that because of how we treat. Yeah, no, that's great. You know, because I, I, I obviously have been assisting you with your, your strategy and I know your team, how much they love you. It's go, it goes beyond the fact that you're their CEO. They totally have the appreciation of what you are doing for their families. And some of us forget that. We just think it's a paycheck. Yeah. And the impact on community is amazing. But I want to go back to this thing. You are married, but you didn't think you are living your best life. Um, what gave you the courage to go against the cultural practices um, and to chart a different path for yourself? Because you work very hard. I mean, I, the, the, the commitment you have, some people will not want to take yes. the risk of alienating family uh, in order to achieve uh, their best life. True. Uh, one word or two words, my children. That's what gave me the courage to leave my marriage. I'll tell you why. Um, going back to school, pursuing education and personal development at all costs uh, cost me my marriage. But um, when I came back, I was more enlightened that's the first. Secondly, it sort of caused a rift. And I was all alone. I let that happen for two full years because when I came back, there was another woman. Um, I resigned myself into that life in that I don't want people to perceive uh, pursuing what you want to be the basis of uh, the breakdown of the marriage. So I wanted it to work. And as a result, um, I was like, let me shield my children. Um, let me suffer for them to be raised in a perfect home. Um, I said to myself, because I'm, 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 I'm a Christian, I'm a born again Christian to be exact, so divorce does not feature. But I said, let me, let me do this. And then one day we had an argument that was a, going to be a game changer. We had an argument, and my unfortunately, my son was there. And then, because now my children were aware, they got a chance now to talk to me about this thing they couldn't talk about. And to see how it affected them, and they were ready. Because my first thought when I wanted to leave was to leave them behind. Because at that time, I wasn't employed. So I knew that I will not be able to take care of them. But when my son said, after hearing my dad talking to her sister in my presence, 
after what I've had my father say to my mother, if my mother leave, I'm going to live with her. And my daughter said, yeah, I'm also tired of being a laughingstock um, by other kids about how um, my mother has lost her husband. And at that moment, it was like, no, I can't let my children grow up in this environment. I'm, I'm out. And wow. I did that. And I never regretted my decision. And you never turned back, hey? I never turned back. You're very extreme. I've never met a person more passionate about learning and improving themselves as a business leader. I mean, you like do any course you can do. Uh, you encourage your staff. Uh, at the moment, we're having monthly training. Um, what would you tell someone who's middle-aged and thinks they must accept the life that they have even when they're unfulfilled? I will tell them to not settle. We are more than what the world tell, tells us we are, what we can do, what we can do, and what we can achieve. The best person who will know what you want and the best person to decide what to do at whatever point in your life. You know, just thinking about life as a river, that the water you see there is never going back. You'll never see it again. That's how I view life. That time, I can never go back and like utilize it. So to live for other people or to, 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 to live a life that is unfulfilling for whatever reason other than yourself, you are doing injustice to yourself. It may be scary. Any change, any whatever, it's scary. But you are robbing yourself of something you might never know experience. So they must go for it. Yeah. What do you think is your unique value proposition? What makes you memorable when you get into a space? I think of myself as a transformative leader with, I lead with courage, integrity, and compassion. That's what I bring into a space. People who have come into my space, they live better than they have come in. And I'm not afraid to take risks. I know that I will win some and I will lose some. So when I look at the people, like I said that I am for the underdog. That's what I have come to know about myself. The ones that they, they have been labeled that they will never amount to anything or the people that feels um, I can't do what. In my presence, they change, they transform. I have received emails and resignation letters that have brought tears um, to my eyes when people have come to Inlapedi Security and be inspired. And then, they, because I know and I've 
told them that this is a stepping stone. So basically in one word, transformation mm. from the bad to better. I must say, well, you've transformed me. I mean, whatever preconceived ideas I've had, um, and I don't think I'm a judgmental person, but I yeah. think there is an aspect I take for granted about understanding people and empathy, especially I think urban people have this thing of thinking we know what's good for rural people. Um, and uh, interfacing with you has uh, made me more humble in that sense. If you could change one thing that you have done in life that you wish you had done differently, what is it and why would you do it differently? What wisdom have you gained that you see now that um, today that you didn't see then? I'll change nothing. I'll tell you why. Everything and experience that has happened in my life and the decisions that I have made and the methods that I have applied in doing that, they all have contributed to the woman I have become, good or bad. If I can quote um, Ralph Waldo Emerson, he says, for everything you have missed, you have gained something else. And everything that you have gained, you have lost something else. And whatever I would want to change will take away something from who I am. I have come to learn that whatever I have, whatever I have done, that is perfect for me yeah. in my path. Because in your path, I'm a believer that however your life has turned out, it's fine, it's perfect in that life will put provision for you at strategic spaces and times in your life, be it people, be it information, be it circumstances, be it events. So I wouldn't want to jeopardize that. Hmm. Very powerful. What, um, I'm just thinking now, what is the most hurtful thing you've ever heard somebody describe you? The most hurtful thing. <laughs> that people, that someone has described me. Yeah. At one point, I think two years ago. Yeah. I was frustrated with, with the systems of one corporate. And I was talking to this guy, um, not really pleading, but I, I wanted him to make me understand what was blocking the system. And after talking to him, I put down the phone and then I got busy about other things. And then uh, my admin assistant on site that corporate called me and said, uh, sorry, so just called me and said that, oh, your boss is, what's the word? Um, but 
the, the word that says I am forceful, you know. I am forceful and I'm closer to being a bully. Yeah. And then that got me. That really got me to the point that I went on to Google the word he used. And I was like, me? And then later I realized that, no, I'm not that. I am assertive. Mm. When I know how things are supposed to be done, they have to be done in that manner. And trying to persuade me to believe otherwise, I'll plead, I'll, I'll, I will argue my case. That's it. That shows a strength of character that, that didn't cover you. Because I think yeah. we, we call each other names just to make each other feel bad. Exactly. And so that you, you disarm the other person. What keeps yeah. you awake at night? What keeps me awake at night is that I'm late. I've, at this point in my life, I feel I should be doing something, not for me, not for my family, but for the world. And I feel like time has run out. I should be now in the middle of my purpose in the world. As a result, I'm so conscious of my time. Um, every hour for me counts. That is why this year I said in my engagements and interactions and whatever that I choose to do and not to do, I want to be as conscious, as aware, as, and intentional as I can be. And I hope you achieve that. So during um, this COVID uh, pandemic, what have you discovered about yourself that you are not aware of? It's not that I was not aware of, if I may say so. It's something that I was. I've been that person, if I can make an analogy, not really an analogy, but I'm that person who would want all the robots, the street lights to turn green before I make a move. <laughs> <laughs> like to yeah. know, to know that whatever I want to do, to like know the outcome before I do something. Mm. I wanted things to be certain. So what COVID-19 has revealed about the person that I am now, is that now I am fearless? Is that now I can't be in the moment of uncertainty and be okay and not be paralyzed by fear? Wow. And more determined than ever, knowing you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. What was the most, I want to go back, um, I know you've mentioned, for some reason, I think there's a lot of wisdom. What was the most frightening thing about leaving your marriage? And what did you, whatever you feared, did it come to pass? What you feared before you left? Uh, no, before I left, you know, when you've been married to a family for 18 years, that's a long time. You have relationships and mostly your friends and not apart 
of your marriage. And both my parents being deceased and not having older siblings, um, I was afraid of what is going to be my support system in case anything goes wrong. I wasn't worried by me, about material things and, 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 and what would uh, our lives be in terms of provision. I was worried about relationships. I am very relational. And it did not come to pass because as I move along, I was building new relations. So I am fine and my children are fine. I've got this great uh, support system in, in, in the form of uh, the people I go to church with, to my new friends. And one of my older friends who embraced who I am, regardless of the decision I have taken. That's amazing. Because you know, a lot of us get held back from living our lives because of the fear. And, uh, and most of it, it never really becomes real. I just wanted to probe that. Exactly. What wisdom would you want to share that I haven't asked you about? Wow, what wisdom. But I will say, there is a book I read. Um, I pray I remember the author because the name, his name is so, I don't know, Italian. But the four agreements, I don't know whether you have read that. Yeah, I've heard about it. I haven't read it myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I think living by those four agreements helps a lot. One of the agreements is that do your best. I have applied that in that whatever situation I say, do your best, whatever the outcome, as long as you know that you have done your best. I've even encouraged my children while they were studying. The young one will call me and like, mom, crying. I think I will not make it or not. And I said, I pay your school fees. Do your best. As long as you know that you've done your best, the outcome does not matter. That's the first. And then the second one is, uh, do not take things personally. We have messed up so many relationships. We have made fools of ourselves because we have um, assumed. We have take, we've taken things personally. There are things that are business. There are things that are not really about yourself. But right now, this thing, this is what needs to happen. But then when you take that personally, it clouds your judgment. And then you tend to make decisions you regret later. And then the third one is, do not assume. Many a times about people, about things, we make assumptions and we believe them to be true. It does not hurt to ask. Ask for clarity. Confirm. Is this really how you see me? Is this really what you think of me? Did you do that on purpose? 
I found that it saves, it, it has saved me a lot of heartache. What's left on your bucket list that you still want to do? Travel. <laughs> travel. <laughs> What's travel. your next destination when we are able to travel? In Africa, it's Zambia, Vic Falls. Uh, yeah. And abroad, Tuscany. Wow. I want to go there. I want to rent a cottage and rent a bike. <laughs> and just ride. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good dream to have. Yeah. I've really enjoyed our conversation. The main reason I actually wanted to talk to you was this divide that I felt very uncomfortable and you revealed it to me. The rural, yeah. the urban divide and yeah. the idea of undermining people. And yeah. I've seen so many of us not live our best life. And I just love the way you fight to have the best life. And I hope this conversation inspires many people. I really I hope, so. hope um, that you find some wisdom in that and courage. Most of all, what I'm wishing for you is courage. This is why I decided to have this conversation with Sis Makosi. Until next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Wisdom Personified Conversations with Durumsomi. Please also like, follow and subscribe to our channel and share the wisdom with your friends. I would love it if you could rate and review as well. Wisdom Personified Conversations with Dudum Somi is also available on YouTube, Facebook Watch, Apple, and Google Podcasts, as well as Spotify. Enjoy the wisdom journey.